0: Well, welcome to another Super Tuesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I am Roger Marsh. It is hot all over the country, but if you read the climate predictions of death and gloom and destruction and whatever, I was reading a fascinating piece from the Cornwall Institute talking about uh, Europe and London. and It was 102 in London the other day. It's the hottest on record. And actually, it's not. Um, We can trust God that he knows what's happening here, as we've had uh, Dr. David uh, Dilley, uh, joined me a couple of weeks ago to talk about the natural climate change versus the uh, unnatural climate change as it were. Uh, the same carbon emission rate of exchange between the CO2 and oxygen, you know the way God intended it. Uh, since 1850, there have been increasing levels, so we're told and the culprit is you know uh, <laughs> fossil fuels and things of that nature. Turns out the culprit is actually human beings, just being here. more plants, more people. More CO2 exchange, more carbon in the air. And a population of the U.S. now estimated over 341 billion people. When we started this program 11 years ago, three weeks from today, the, uh, the population was around 330 million people. Did I say 340 billion? I meant 340 million. My apologies. Got to get that straight. I'm sure someone will take that poll quote. They'll get that little piece of audio and say, Roger Marsh says there's 341 billion people in the United States. Uh, there's 8 billion people on planet Earth, by the way. So that would be a bit of a stretch unless you count everybody's Im- invisible friends. But speaking of counting and what does count, Super Tuesday is the time we, we are reminded of the fact the primary season, I think, mercifully is over. Um, this is crazy. The primary season is longer than the NFL season or the NBA season. You know, the NBA season has gotten so long that I think it ends before it begins, or it begins before. <laughs> It's crazy, it's that whole, I had to get up before I went to bed and walk 12 miles uphill in snow both ways to school. Anyway, don't forget, November 8th is coming up. That's the day of the midterm elections on the national level. Uh, Open voting, early voting starts in the first part of October. Roger's recommendation should be landing on the website in the next week or so. And uh, may the best candidates win. May your vote count. As we listen to yet another Demo- Democratic operative saying, I believe the people of color don't need voter ID registration restrictions because they have a hard time with it. Uh, well, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response every time some genius, part of the intelligentsia, uh, t- intelligentsia of the world makes a claim like that. You just have to shake your head and say, Lord Maranatha, please, Lord, come soon. But for everybody who was complaining and belly aching in the twenty sixteen election and the twenty twenty election about how the you know there was ballot box stuffing and you know that type of thing, we try only to find. I mean, that's we that's all we're looking for. We're looking for actual cases of voter fraud. We're not looking for imagined ones. No one needs hyperbole. You know the, the the media's favorite straw horse. Well, you know, all those Trump supporters, or they ran over this, they stole this, and they uh, obstructed in the big lie. Look, election laws were tampered with during the 2020 election, leading up to the 2020 election. The House of Representatives was in full support of it with HR1, their House resolution for the new Congress that started in 2019. They've been pushing for mail-in voting because, first of all, They know that Democrats are more likely to vote by mail than Republicans. They figured that would up their chances of getting more votes. But secondly, mail fraud. I mean, come on. You've heard the statistic. In a good year in the US, (coughs) if there were voting activities happening by mail, 4% of the ballots that were collected would be thrown out. Either they were illegally forged, there was somebody voting in the wrong district, whatever it was. In the 2020 election, the number of ballots that were thrown out for being fraudulent was less than 0.4%. It's statistically impossible to have a number that low with a sample size that large. The $66 million for Hillary Clinton and $63.5 million for Donald Trump totaled around about 130 million. And the vote count in 2020 ballooned up to over 150 million. Population didn't increase that much in four years, so all of a sudden all these people. But there was no problem whatsoever. So, yes, people on both sides of the aisle had reason to be suspicious. But let's take a look at a case. This is from TheBlazeNews.com, TheBlaze.com, of a political operative who has had to plead guilty to illegal ballot harvesting in a state that was hotly contested as to whether or not Donald Trump would be the victor of said state. And that is Arizona. Now, Arizona is going through a bit of a renaissance and the Republicans in Arizona have picked Kari Lake, a former news anchor who around Christmas time last year said, I'm tired of all the politicking on the news. I'm tired of the misinformation that's being spread. I want to do something about it. I'm going to take some time off and think about it. What are my options? And a couple months later, she announced her candidacy for governor of Arizona and she won the Republican primary. Well, it's kind of miraculous that she was able to win it based on the fact that there are people like Himeralina uh, uh, Fuentes, who is a well-known Democratic operative in the state of Arizona, who pled guilty last week. Is it pled or pleaded? I'll have to ask Stephanie Gover about that. Pled makes more sense to me, but I'm sure pleaded is the legal term. Uh, to ballot abuse in the 2020 primary election. Uh, Ms. Fuentes could get probation for running what basically uh, investigators with the Arizona Attorney General's office said was an operation in the border city of San Luis to persuade voters to let her gather their ballots. And in some cases, oh, we're so surprised by this, by the way. <laughs> it's just, this is where the left just is a real head scratch sometimes. Let's push for ballot harvesting in the People's Republic of California because we want more people to be able to get their votes cast. And we would never take their ballots empty and just fill them in and sign them and turn. No, that would never happen in California. We're just here to make sure that everybody's vote counts. Okay, let's have a voter ID law. What are you kidding? That's racist. That's homophobic. You can't have that. Why would you have that? That's so mean. It's so something phobic. Why would you require someone to put a picture of themselves on files so that we would actually know what they look like in their signature? I mean, it's bad enough you have to do it at the Department of Motor Vehicles where you now forcibly have to register to vote in California if you want to get a driver's license or an ID. But ballot harvesting, oh, in those Republican states like North Carolina and Arizona, bad, bad, bad. But in California, well, we have to do it to help the people who can't get their ballots turned in on time. Because those nasty voter ID laws said, well, you know, there are certain people of certain ethnic backgrounds that just have a, quote, unquote, hard time filling these things out. So here, give me your empty ballot. You know the mail-in one? Remember the one in Arizona that wasn't going to be, you know, tamperable? Everybody used to get a sample ballot. You had to physically request a mail-in ballot. And the 2020 election, COVID, yeah, let's make sure as long as your mail carrier doesn't have COVID, then you get a mail-in ballot delivered to your home, handled by many people in the U.S. Postal Service, stuffed in your mailbox, and no one would ever dream of driving around neighborhoods and picking up ballots out of mailboxes, would they? What, perish the thought? Why would anyone have any interest in that? Why would anyone care about somebody else's ballot? Marilina Fuentes cared as a matter of fact, she goes to the border town of San Luis where you can almost hear the acoustic guitar playing in the background and went to persuade in the plea agreement, prosecutors dropped three felony counts alleging that Ms. Fuentes actually filled out one voter's ballot and forged signatures on some of the four ballots she illegally returned for non-family members. According to The Associated Press, quote Fuentes, a former San Luis mayor, who now serves as an elected board member of the Gadsden Elementary School District in San Luis, could be sentenced to up to two years in prison, but that would require a judge to find aggravating circumstances. The plea agreement leaves the actual sentence up to a judge who could give her probation, slap on the hand, community service, blah, 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 home confinement, and a quote, unquote, hefty fine for her admission to illegally collecting and returning four voted ballots. Now, what's interesting too is, I'm surprised they actually did this. I really am surprised that the the courts actually handed down this verdict. In addition to the potential hefty fine, ankle bracelet, stay home and watch Wheel of Fortune, that type of sentence that she has. Now, house arrest. The Apostle Paul, you know, wrote the book of uh, Colossians under house arrest. So, I mean, it's nothing new for us as Christians. But also, she must give up her elected office, and she will lose her voting rights. Now, it's interesting because attorney Ann Chapman said in an email Thursday she had no comment about the charges against her client, but then she ripped the state's ballot election law. Uh, She says basically, it makes things more difficult for minorities who historically have relied on others to help them vote. Quote, this prosecution shows that the law is part of an ongoing anti democratic statewide national voter suppression efforts. I don't know whether to be insulted or, well, As the great lyricist Declan McManus once said, I used to be disgusted and now I just try to be amused. We'll put the story up at TheBottomLineShow.com. Remember, in states where ballot harvesting is legal, the left is using it to their advantage and sometimes illegally to their advantage. Uh, Make sure that when you receive your ballot that you do in fact receive it and that you take responsibility for handing it in making sure that your vote counts and offer your valid ID with photo on it. I think that will be very helpful. It's amazing how many people on the left are like, I don't want to show that picture. Are you kidding? I don't want them coming after me. Hey, let's take a quick break. And as we continue, does it feel like people on the conservative side of the aisle are being silenced and people on the left progressive side of the aisle seem to have their voices heard everywhere? Here in the People's Republic of California, the number of counties that lean left versus right actually is a lot closer than you might think. But does it seem like when it comes to Congress, your voice is not being heard? David Zuniga is part of a uh, uh, an organization called tacticalcivics.com. He has a word for us in the faith community and a brand new book that will change this. It's called The Great We Set, not Reset R-E, but W-E Set. We're going to talk about what that means on the other side of this break. the bottom line continues, there's a phenomenon that's been happening in the culture of late, and it's something that's called the Great Reset. Uh, Is it possible that uh, we will have to kind of reset our values and morals based on what happened during the pandemic and other things? And and that's how we the people are being told, you know, it's being presented to us. But behind that Great Reset actually is a, a bit more sinister plot. And fortunately, there is a way for we in the U.S. to actually engage in something that author David Zuniga refers to as the Great We Set. He's the author of a great new book uh, that has that title, The Great We Set: How You Can Join Americans Who Are Taking America Back One County at a Time and Enforcing the Constitution at Last. We have a link for the book up at TheBottomLineShow.com. David Zuniga, welcome to The Bottom Line Show today.
1: Hi, Roger. Great to be with you.
0: Well, and I'm, I'm always glad to have the bilingual dialogue between a native Californian and a native Texan who still both love America and, and can find the good in our country in spite of the fact that uh, it seems like the things are just kind of going to hell in a handbag. You have served a kind of a varied background that has led you to this point right now. Kind of give us a 60-second overview of how an engineer and a scuba instructor and a missionary pilot also started a <laughs> Christian school in your spare time. It seems like you've been a busy guy.
1: A subdivision, a subdivision developer, a home builder. I've, I've done uh, pretty much everything you can think of in South Texas to do and uh, uh, prayed. I was sitting under a big tree by a, by a fire uh, 14 years ago at night looking up at the stars and asking the Lord, what is America doing? What is this that's happening to us? How can we stop it? And Roger, I was amazed. I was floored. Over the next several weeks, um, the Lord answered that prayer mm. in a mm-hmm. in a very unusual way and started feeding me. I felt like I was going to school uh, with directly under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit, and it was one wow. of the strangest times, but amazing times in my life. I ended up reading 114 books over. Uh, 110 books over 14 months and learning mm-hmm. a lot that I didn't know. I was I went to a Catholic boys' school. I learned. I had a classical education. I thought I knew a lot mm-hmm. as a kid and all of that. And then I was a, an engineer and a lot of other things. and uh, But I really didn't know civics at all, and I didn't realize what I learned from the Lord by digging, by these things pouring out of the Internet over weeks. Uh, is that this is a law enforcement problem it's not a uh, this is not a political thing that we face this is a mm-hmm. it's a breakdown of society uh, based on kind of a Romans one thing uh, we have turned from the Lord, and the Lord has given us over to a uh, panoply mm-hmm. of sins. Uh, Paul mentions twenty four of them in Romans one, and people think about um, sexual perversion, which Paul mentions thrice in that passage. But he also mentions 23 other uh, uh, ailments, sins, whatever. And uh, we face just about every last one of them. So that's what we're under, the judgment of God. And the only way to get out from under that is to repent. And Mm -hmm. so we call uh, our mission at Tactical Civics, we call it repentance in action. And we say that repentance is an action word. And so, I shut down my engineering practice because I was there was not time to do both things. And right. so, over a decade uh, since that time, uh, our founding team has spent over seventy thousand hours now developing hmm. what we think is the only lawful, peaceful, uh, full spectrum action mission in America. And we're we're very thankful. Uh, to the Lord for sending our leadership team and for sending all of the the work that we have found as we've gone. So unlike electoral politics, the the really wonderful thing about this mission, uh, we call ourselves missionaries to America. Um, (laughs) Unlike electoral politics, Roger, we need only, because it's law enforcement, we need only half of 1%, at the most half of 1%, of the people to step up and we'll be able to hit our targets for mission success. So
0: that's fantastic.
1: It's, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds like it.
1: We're 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 jazzed. We're all Christians in the mission. We, we will take, if you're an atheist and you say, look, I want to help fix America. Can I join Mm you? We'll Mm -hmm. say, sure. Come on. Uh, Hail fellow. Well met. We'll we're going to try to convert you. You're going to hear about Jesus all the time, but if you don't, mind that. If you can live with that, you're welcome. We'll take any yeah. American who wants to help. But
0: yeah. uh,
1: we have launched to date almost 300 county chapters. Wow! So far in California, we have seven. Uh, we've, in your area, we have Kern, Orange, uh, Riverside, San Bernardino. Uh, but up north, we've got Alameda, Placer, mm-hmm. uh, Santa Cruz. I don't remember who else, but we need 51 more
0: <laughs> Yes.
1: Californians who, who hear my voice and say, okay, I want to help. Show me what this is. I want to join. We want you to start leading your county. You have to start showing your county the good news. Californians who are ready to um, play offense, start rebuilding our fallen walls for the glory mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ.
0: So Boy, that's will show that... you how to do that. That's great, Council David Zuniga is my guest today here on the bottom line. Tactical civics is the name of the organization. The great we set is the name of the book. How you can join Americans who are taking back one America back one county at a time and enforcing the Constitution at last. We've got a link for the book up at the bottomlineshow.com. Talk about tactical civics for a moment, David, because you mentioned Romans one, which you can see playing out in our world right now. But a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, said, Yeah, but we're Christians and Romans 13. Right. I mean, God gave us, you know, the government and we're supposed to we're supposed to kind of walk and step with them. We don't want to go against them. Where does your organization fit in terms of the uh, juxtaposing of those two chapters against each other in America?
1: Yeah, they uh, actually scripturally, they fit beautifully, Roger. We have a chapter in The Great We fit, uh where we talk about it's chapter uh, four in the book, I think, applying Romans 13 in America because we don't. As you know, live in Caesar's Rome anymore? Yeah, do we? Right. right. Uh, Romans thirteen. When when you read it, um, look. God has ordained the magistrate. Who is the magistrate? Let's read the Constitution. Let's see. Let's start. First three words: We the people do yep. ordain a government. You know. So you start reading and you say, All right. Well, um, who's supposed to enforce the Constitution? It's our highest law it's the law whereby we create define and limit a tripartite form of government servant government to us and of course it's gone bonkers and uh you see it all over California but you see it in Texas too you see it in all yeah. 50 states so what we have in every California county right now we can you know you've got a you've got a byline Roger uh uh hope with a little bit of headline yes <laughs> i really mean. like that by the way uh-huh. i really like that because that's what our Tactical Civics mission delivers, hope through repentance in action. We show you civics, and we teach you how to do this. So it, we educate you, we train you, we support you. Uh, we help you establish your your, uh, your county uh, chapter first and learn the, the civics. We've got 14 books, but we don't make you read all the books. Hmm. Uh, three of them we, we kind of have you read. And so the Great Reset is the general book. The Great We Set is the general book that teaches you uh, the problem and solution the in in uh, detail. Then we have a little green book called Grand Jury Awake, and mm-hmm. that's a handbook on how to do grand jury, why you do it, and how you do it, and uh, rules for all 50 states uh, for grand jury. And then we have a big, much fatter book the size of the Great We Set. It's called Time to Start Over America and that introduces uh, American militia 2.0 which is restoring our founding fathers law enforcement the, the militia the constitutional militia which is not at all what you see today in these militia groups at all so we teach you those three things so those 2000 year old institutions grand jury and militia they must stand together they were meant to do that. In fact, they have for a thousand years, and so we need to. T- you need to learn first what is the grand jury. How do I serve? And California is beautiful. You're the only state, by the way, who right now, if I'm looking for reform, uh, reformation of grand jury, for the past 40 years, more than 40 years, Cal- C-G- uh, CGJA, uh, California Grand Jury Association has been putting out a little book. You've got about 25 counties in California who already, if you go to the county website and click on grand jury, it'll show, do you want to serve on grand jury? And if you do, you can sign up. And, you you know, California is the only state that has this. So we're using you as a model, believe it or not, uh, for this purpose of restoring grand juries county by county. Uh, now, I don't like what CGJA, I don't like the way they've tasked grand juries because they're using them kind of like efficiency review boards mm-hmm. rather than pursuing uh, uh, felonies, which is the purpose of the grand jury. But still, you stand, California stands alone, praise God, by, by God's uh, provident hand, you stand alone with a lot of precedent that we're able to use for restoring grand juries. So that's your gift to all the states as we do these repairs. <laughs> it's well, I'm, cool. I'm all, we
0: were great. Yeah, amazed. I, I'm I'm laughing, David, because you know I, all I could think of was you know every now and again a blind squirrel finds an acorn. So I mean, God, that maybe that's our, <laughs> our that's the acorn that our blind squirrel has found. David Zuniga with me today here on the Bottom Line, the founder of the Tactical Civics uh, Mission in, and the Missionary Outreach, TacticalCivics.com is the website we're talking about. His brand new book called The Great We Set. Uh, how we can join Americans who are taking America back one county at a time and enforcing the Constitution at last. We have a link for this book up at TheBottomLineShow.com. More of our conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Want to continue receiving income into retirement with little market risk? Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial Services can help you secure a permanent income and benefits, addressing your risk tolerance with professional advisory knowledge. You have a large 401k or IRA as your
2: retirement nest egg. How about a four-dimensional plan that will pay you and your spouse income for life without stock market risk? How about we include inflation benefits so your income goes up annually? How about we include extra income benefits for long-term care, and if you need one or both, you both have it? That's right, permanent income... Inflation benefits, long term care benefits with no market risk. We have put over $50 million of our clients' money
0: in the 4D account in the last few years. These clients are sleeping way better at night. Learn more when you call Wilson Financial today at 800 696 9970. 800 696 9970. Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh and I am absolutely live with you right now. <laughs> it's just, I, I, I am very, very much alive and talking to you. Todd Stickler on the board today because apparently Joel has a golf game on Tuesday now. And so Todd and Joel traded. So if you call in today, uh, you're gonna hear from either Todd or Teresa. If you call in tomorrow, it'll be Joel and Teresa. And I know that for some people who are regular listeners, they like having that regular pattern. So there you go. And we're having a conversation right now with David Zuniga uh, with the Tactical Civics organization, talking about his brand new book called The Great We Set how you can join Americans who are taking America back one county at a time and enforcing the Constitution at last. We've got a link for their website, uh, Tactical Civics, up at the bottomlineshow.com. They have a lot of free resources available to you. This book, The Great We Set, we have a copy of it to give to you right now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to The Bottom Line. More of my conversation with David Zuniga coming up next. David Zuniga is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. He's the author of the outstanding new book called The Great We Set, How You Can Join Americans Who Are Taking America Back One County at a Time and Enforcing the Constitution at Last. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. David, in the earlier segment, you mentioned that you are up to you're, you have presence in about 300 counties, did you say? Right down that 's correct mm-hmm. okay that 's ten percent of the population. I mean, you get right down to it. are not we a little over three thousand counties and things like that? I mean, you guys have a huge imprint already a, a big footprint, including seven counties in California, obviously county by county, this all happens, but how what are the what's the first step I mean for action because I hear from a lot of people, trust me, I get a lot of email from people saying we 're doing election reform we 're doing you know constitutional uh, state of convention, article five, the whole shot we we 're trying to take on the whole. Uh, the, the whole enchilada here, it seems like you've identified the one part of the elephant or one or two parts that your organization says, if we start nibbling here, we're going to turn this thing around. Where where Where's a good place to start that we can kind of tangibly get our arms around?
1: Roger, there's a big one. It's a really big one. Uh, George Washington only spoke in plenary session in the four-month-long convention in 1787 in Philadelphia. He only spoke one time, and it was on the last day of the convention, And uh, James Madison records it in the records, and um, it was what is today Article uh, 1, Section 2, Clause 4, that talks about 30,000 people per representative. Today, we have up to 900,000, with an average of 760,000 people per Mm. representative in the U.S. House. We don't have the People's House anymore. So in the short term, we have a project called Our First Right. This is our national project. Now, we have in your county you'll be doing a lot when you join us we bring you in the training center you just go to tacticalcivics.com and you just follow the instructions and you come in and you go wow where has this been all my life um we we hear it every day we hear, wow this is the only thing i've never seen anything like this so we show you our first right now that's our national project we're not ready to do it yet but we're going to finish ratifying the first right in the Bill of Rights. And do you know, Roger, it's the only one of the 12 in the original Bill of Rights that hasn't been ratified by all the states yet, or by enough states. And it's been sitting there waiting for ratification. Those of you who, who want to do an Article 5 thing or a CONCON, con, look, there's one sitting before the states right now that says we shouldn't have more than 50,000 people per district. Do You know, according to the Founding Fathers, Right now, California should have 783 representatives in the people's house. Oh,
0: my gosh. Wow, instead of 52. Well, like
1: and, right and, now, right? it may sound weird. You only have 52 right now. But look, go back and look at California politics. Go look at all the problems with no representation in so much of the state. Mm-hmm. You've, look, you have 52 right now. You have 52 seats in, in you know, a voice in DC. So, okay, LA and the other, you know, your 10 biggest cities have about 10 million people. What about the rest of California? What about the other uh, 478 towns? What about the millions of Californians who live outside of any town? Uh, They have zero voice Roger right now. And they, and they have had for over a century. So in 1929, Congress on its own initiative, without any authorization from us, Basically set forever the size of the U.S. House at four hundred and thirty-five seats. Where did they mm. get that? Right. Uh, and it, it happened right, right at the beginning of the Great Depression. So the people were not watching, and as usual, when the people aren't watching, Congress does bad things. So right. our first right will give 30, over thirty-one thousand small towns in America all that big red places spot you see on the map. We will have our first voice mm. in over a century. So those 783 seats, guess what? They're not all going to be in the big coastal cities mm-hmm. uh, of California. They're going to be all over the place. And so people say, well, David, wait a minute, everybody's going to have more. If we have 783 seats, a lot more are going to be in you know, LA County and the other big Wait a minute. Yes. But right now 100% of California's voice is coming from the big cities because Mm -hmm. you only have 52 seats in the House. And so all of the rural areas and all of small-town California, there's a lot of conservatives in California. Mm -hmm. That's who we serve. We serve Christians all over America who say, I'm tired of this. What is happening to America? Is there a way that we can fix it? So we have our indictment engine. We have the Bring Congress Home Act. We have 18 other major reform laws that we show you to scrape back everything that criminals have stolen from the American people under the guise of government over the past 160 years. And we have the authority to do this. This is all totally lawful. We the people is the opening phrase in our highest law. So collectively, collectively, we are the sovereign of this republic. So we are over the Constitution collectively, not individually like sovereign individuals say Mm -hmm. and all of that. So... You're over those school board and city and county and state and federal servants in all those palaces that we pay for. Uh, We're over them, but we just have never had a way to get together and to stay up. In other words, to have tactical force massing. And that's what Tactical Civics does. TacticalCivics.com.
0: That is the website where our listeners can go learn more about your organization, learn more about the great we set as opposed to the great reset. Uh, David, we've got two minutes left in this conversation, but of course there will be others. Uh, Give our our listeners some hope. They're watching this and saying, no, uh, you know, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, those guys, they have the handle on this. Fauci, they're all in on it together and we can't do anything because they have so much power and we really can't have any influence. Talk about uh, give us some encouragement that we can and we will if we apply the right pressure in the right places.
1: Well, we this is the bet. I know this sounds strange, saints, but you know everybody can't just bail out of this huge, beautiful state of California. You can't. We can't just all leave. See, there's millions of conservative Californians. You're the saints. We serve at Tactical Civics. We are your action organization, waiting for you to plug into our uh, training center. Look, not just California, all of America feels alien right now, okay? Marxists have been on offense from school boards to the criminal usurper right now in the White House. Big tech and education and mainstream media and global corporations, they're all gaslighting us. We know that now, right? But saints, repentance is always an option. So when you hear that there is a way to fix this, county by county, and we will train you. Come into the training center, and we teach you. First, you learn civics. You learn about the Marxist occupation of D.C. You know what? It doesn't have to be the high point of American communism since it was hatched in in, uh, 1919 in Chicago. This can be, and I've said this for over 10 years, the best time in American history. We're witnessing, saints, the kicking, clawing death of American communism, not its birth. When a predator dies, that's the worst time to get close to it. You're scared right now that don't be. Fear God, not men. We have a plan sent by the Holy Spirit. Trust me. It's Read the Great We Set. Get the book for free online. You'll get all our books for free uh, once no. you're in the training center. No. And you have to step up and do the chores. We'll teach you. It's totally up to us. has no. nothing to do with election cycles. This no. is popular constitution constitutionalism. This is what all Americans are born with this duty to oversee and to enforce the Constitution for the first time in history and for the rest of history. We show wow. you
0: how to do that. I love it. Well, the book is called The Great We Set, How You Can Join Americans Who Are Taking America Back One County at a Time and Enforcing the Constitution at Last. We've got a link for the book and the website for uh, tacticalcivics.com up at the show.com David Zuniga, great to get to meet you. Looking forward to our next conversation. Thanks for being with us today, though, here on The Bottom Line. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Roger. Now, David mentioned that you go to tacticalcivics.com, all their materials are free, but I do have a bound copy of the book to give away right now. And I realize that sometimes, uh, even with a free resource that you can get online, um, it's nice to just get a copy of the book and take a look at it before you wander down the website road. Either way is fine. We do have one copy. And of course, when you call the Bottom Line Show at 800-227-5278, get a couple of extra added features. First of all, we have a swag bag that goes along with all of our winning prizes. Nice little bag. There's a chip clip. There's all sorts of other fun things. There's a program guide. I mean, it really is a nice price package that Teresa put together. Uh, Secondly, you get to talk to Todd and Teresa. I mean, that's worth the price of admission right there, right? So 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, the book by David Zeneca with tacticalcivics.com is called The Great We Set, taking a a little swing at the Great Reset and all the uh, uh, communist billionaires in the world who are trying to take over the world and bring on the one world government. We have an opportunity here in the United States to stand up for what is right and pure and constitutionally true. Um, KBRT, our flagship station, you know that that's what the KBRT call it or stand for, biblical, right, and true. So this is why we recommend this book. Uh, 800-227-5278, the great we set, how you can join Americans who are taking America back one county at a time and enforcing the Constitution at last. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line.
3: Right after you get into an accident, you need to call Stephanie Cover of Cover Law to begin the process of healing. Too many people make the wrong choice and try to handle their case on their own. Don't be gullible. Your insurance company does not have your best interests in mind. Their job is to save money, not help you recover. Stephanie's priority is you. She will help you recover wholly, mind, body, and spirit, as well as get you the settlement you deserve. Begin your recovery by contacting Stephanie first and follow her instructions to streamline your healing process. Stephanie has over 25 years of experience and knows how to get you healed and restored. Although your friends and family may have good intentions, they are not personal injury attorneys, and therefore they do not know the best way to help you. Stephanie Cover does, and she will help you put the pieces back together financially, physically, and spiritually. You need to write down her number now. 877 214 4935, or go to kbrightradio.com/slash coverlaw. Your healing begins with Cover Law.
0: Welcome back to the bottom line show. I'm Roger Marsh, and oh my goodness, I love hearing that bass line. And Neil Schoen and Jan Hammer, Colin Hodgkinson from a project they did over 40 years ago. I can't believe it, but I know Todd likes that song too. Todd Stickler on the controls for us today, and Teresa. Kim is answering the phones, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line, taking your calls for a giveaway for a book that is actually available free online, but we have a bound copy here, and when you get it from us here at the bottom line show, you get all sorts of other free stuff. Um, The great we set uh, from tacticalcivics.com, how you can join Americans who are taking America back one county at a time and enforcing the Constitution at last. Uh, It's a great way for us to stand up to the Communist Manifesto that seems to be sweeping across America and especially here in the People's Republic of California and how apropos that we had this conversation today on the day that uh, former Soviet uh, Union leader, Mikhail Gorbachev was laid to rest. He's 91 years of age when he did pass earlier today after a very, very lengthy illness. And remember it was Gorbachev and President Ronald Reagan and uh, Margaret Thatcher and. Um, And, of course, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall, you remember that. And then, of course, Pope John Paul II, all this kind of uh, uh, holy quadrant that came together as an alliance that literally spelled the end of communism, and yet here we are now facing a different kind of civil war. Uh, We the people have the opportunity to engage in tactical civics and uh, restore order. Uh, Remember in California, for example, there are 3,100 counties or county equivalents nationwide. And there's no rhyme or reason as to why some states have a lot of counties and why certain states don't have. I like to pick on Kentucky. It's not fair for me to always pick on Kentucky. But um, if you Google search how many counties, remember Kim Davis, the uh, county recorder uh, in one of the counties in Kentucky. And she was uh, brought under fire because she had run for office, elected official in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, and she became a county uh, recorder, she was the uh, county uh, clerk. And when the push for same sex quote unquote marriage licenses was uh, uh, was big and popular, um, she was a woman who had had a religious experience, became a Christian um, and said, I'm not going to sign these uh, uh, these marriage licenses. Now there were options for people who came to Kentucky and wanted marriage licenses, but She didn't want to do it in her county. Now, bear in mind, California has 58 counties and a population of just under 40 million. Do you find it rather unusual that Kim Davis was brought to task by the media in a state with a population of four and a half million people and the number of counties more than double the number of California counties? I'm not kidding. (laughs) Georgia has the same situation. They have a population of like 6 million. They have 170 counties. Kentucky has 120 counties for 4.5 million people. And of the 120 counties, for some reason, the left found one woman, Kim Davis. Do the math on that and find out how many people lived in the county that she was representing. I mean, I'll just do basic, simple math here. Got my calculator. Don't do this if you're driving. 5 million right here divided by 120. The average county size in Kentucky is 37,500. Now, you might say, that's crazy. Why are their counties so small? Well, if you heard in my conversation with David Zuniga, according to the constitutional law, we are supposed to have one representative for every 30 to 50,000 people. As it stands right now, if you take the population of the U.S., at 341 million and I'll do the math here and you divide that by 435 that means that the average member of congress is representing just a hair under 800,000 people instead of the 30 to 50,000 that the founders the framers actually intended so maybe just maybe this idea of having more counties having more cities having more representation is a bit more constitutional than we have. In California, 40 million people, 58 counties. And some of these counties, with the Placer County has like 900,000 people in it. How many people in LA and San Francisco County? I mean, you, you can do the math. Most recent estimates in the People's Republic of California have 31% or excuse me, 31 of the counties in California lean left or blue, if you will. That means the other 27 are conservative. It's not a question of, The numbers in counties is the number of people in counties. And can you imagine, let's not talk about secession. I know San Bernardino County is talking about pulling out of California. San Bernardino County, don't do it. What if there was some kind of way to enforce the Constitution that says every representative district should have more representation? Well, that is the premise, if you will, that's the hypothesis of David Zuniga's new book called The Great We Set, how you can join Americans who are taking America back one county at a time and enforcing the Constitution at last. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we're giving away a copy right now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Hey, before we go any further, I want to offer an update on a story that we didn't cover a lot late last year, but you remember Tom McClintock, a California member of the same congressional body we were talking about, representing California's number four district, I believe, uh, Elk Grove area for many, many years. Good conservative guy in you know NorCal, which doesn't always show up in the uh, balance sheet. Uh, last December, Tom McClintock's wife Lori McClintock passed away. Uh, she died from dehydration. Uh, at the time the uh the coroner's report uh the original death certificate was dated december 20 2021 and it simply listed the cause of death as pending on december 15th uh, the congressman went home to find his wife Lori, age 61 at the time unresponsive in their Altgrove grove home that's according to the coroner's report he had just returned from dc he had been voting in congress the night before The uh, autopsy report is not clear as to whether or not Lori McClintock was taking a dietary supplement containing white mulberry leaf or if she ate fresh or dried leaves or drank them in tea. But a partially intact white mulberry leaf was, in fact, found in her stomach in the autopsy. Um, Apparently, people take, if you've ever taken white mulberry leaf, I didn't know there was such a thing. (laughs) Not surprised, but. Apparently, it's something that people take for a number of different ailments. It's prescribed in the natural medicine world all all the time. It's very, very common. Uh, People take it to fight the effects of high cholesterol, uh, diabetes, uh, even obesity. And the report that we'll put up at TheBottomLineShow.com is from a a mainstream medical publication called KHN. And KHN News is actually uh, uh, a representation of an organization called the California Healthcare Foundation. It's interesting, dietary supplements can be dangerous. Obviously, some of them are not. Um, Some people were taking white mulberry leaf because during the pandemic, they were trying to boost their immune system. And if you're trying to boost your immune system, and this is something, it's a natural remedy. People use it to lower blood sugar levels, to promote weight loss. I mean, there's a variety of different good that can happen. It is conceivable that the uh, adverse effect of this um, People have, in fact, been sickened by it over the past 20 years or so. Poison control centers track exposures to the mulberry plant, according to the the FDA. And since 2012, 148 cases of white mulberry plant ingestion, ingestion were voluntarily reported to the poison control center. And uh, most recently, there were 12 children under the age of 12, or under 10, rather, who um, only one case required any kind of medical follow-up. Uh, It's possible she didn't have enough water. Oftentimes when you're taking a supplement, you're supposed to drink a lot of water. It's possible she didn't have that. But it is interesting because over the past 10 years, there's not been one death reported to the American Association of Poison Control Centers, except for Lori McClintock, the wife of a conservative California congressman. Uh, Draw your own conclusions. We're not going to speculate here, but it does seem highly unusual that a wife of a conservative congressman from Northern California, who doesn't always vote the way the House likes him to vote, uh, his wife winds up taking something that she may or may not have been taking for quite some time as a weight loss supplement or low, lower her blood pressure, whatever it is, and she winds up passing away um, in, in such fairly short order. Um, we do have the cause of death here though, and and that's what they're calling it. So uh, our prayers, of course, for the McClintock family and, um, And just, it's a reminder to take whatever you're taking and ingesting into your body with as much caution as you can and as much extra care as you can. Hey, let's take a quick break. And as we continue, um, there's a new study out that I'd like to dive into a little bit and maybe get your reaction to it as well. Uh, The number of people in the United States who say, uh, I'm gonna be a parent soon of childbearing age and how that impacts us in the grandparenting world. I'll be honest with you, Lisa and I have six kids between the two of us. And we have three and three-quarter grandchildren right now. Um, We wonder if we're going to get more. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you. And I know a lot of grandparents have the same concern. Sometimes it's the kids are saying, we're busy. We don't have time to do this. You know, we'll get to it eventually. Other times it's just, they're not going to do it. And I want to get into this report and to get your reaction to it as to what you think about your chances are of having more grandchildren or even being a grandparent in the first place. We'll take a look at that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Got a couple minutes left in our giveaway for the book, The Great We Set by David Zuniga with a tactical, uh, the organization, uh, the Great We Set book is available at, and uh, Tactical Civics, that's the what, it's for some reason they just based on my mind 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 that's the number to get you through to the bottom line Uh, how many bottom line listeners have grandchildren i'd be willing to wager though i'm not a gambling man that a good portion of us are grandparents i'm a grandparent Um, todd's not yet and that's a good thing i don't think he and pam are ready to be grandparents just yet their boys aren't quite old enough for that uh, Don Crawford Jr, our general manager but just became a grandpa. Uh, it, grandparenting is a great season and it used to symbol symbolize the ushering into a later season in life you know where grandparents were kind of you know older. I mean I don't know about you, my grandparents were ancient. I mean just really ancient. they were always ancient. when I, when I was born, my mom's mother was like 56, 57 and she looked like she she looked like Mary C from See's Candy already, right? You know, just a little gray hair, little lady. I'm sitting here thinking down going, wait a minute, if people, I mean, if we look at pictures of us, you know, uh, Lisa and me, and compare them to pictures of our grandparents, we just laugh because we don't look like our grandparents. But we also understand too, that when it comes to being a grandparent, it means that first of all, you had to be a parent. And secondly, you need to have children who are interested in becoming parents. And this is where this new study has come out. Uh, This is reported in TheHill.com. It's a study from Pew Pew Research Center. An increasing number of Americans say it's unlikely that they will ever be parents. Not because of medical reasons, but just because they don't want to. That's kind of a sobering statistic, isn't it? 44% of current non-parents between the ages of 18 and 49 say that it is unlikely they will ever have children. Now, how much has that changed, you asked? This is a report from earlier this month. You go back four years to 2018 when the same question was asked of the same age group, 37% of respondents ages 18 to 49 say that it was unlikely that they they would ever have children. The number of people who said it is very likely that they'll have children someday, ages 18 to 49 is what they asked. In 2018, it was 32%. Now it is 26%. 54% of people who are already parents say that it is not likely that they will ever wind up having more children. 54%. Uh, It was 51% in 2018. And as proof of this, during the pandemic, U.S. birth rates dropped to a record low Uh, The U.S. Census Bureau said they would have expected a winter drop during the season with birth rates are typically their lowest, but they said what was interesting was that the birth rate of the winter of 2021 was what they called, quote-unquote, unusually low. So the question we have to look at then is, are you a grandparent now? Are you not a grandparent now? And do you think you'll ever be a grandparent if you aren't a grandparent now? (laughs) We're going to dig into this a little bit deeper and see what more of the numbers say on the other side of this break. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day. Rabbi Schneider, Discovering the Jewish Jesus is coming up next for you. For those who remain on the network, let's talk about being a grandparent, or maybe not being a grandparent. That's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Let's take a look at this statistic, shall we? I mean, first of all, informal poll. Uh, if you're a grandparent, I'd love to hear from you. 800-227-5278. If you're not a grandparent, I get it. Um, I realized the other day that uh, in my family of origin, Lisa and I are both uh, in families of three. Ironically, uh, she has an older brother and an older sister. I have an older sister and a younger brother. But um, parents are college educated, largest families. Lisa's mom is one of 12. Yeah. That's how they did it. And both of my parents are only children. Go figure. Um, And they're sweet together. They really are. But it's one of those things where you don't really think about it until it happens. I was a young dad, got married at 25, dad at 26, Uh, dad again at 29, dad again at 33. Uh, Lisa was uh, privileged to be a mom three times before the age of 30. So when we met, you know, we've got our little, here's the story. I mean, we've got, we don't have a housekeeper, but there are, you know, uh, six kids between the two of us and they're good and grown we still got one at home but uh, the rest are out and about and making a mark and three of them quite frankly are in texas right now but we have grandkids all over the country uh two girls and a boy and another boy on the way we're very excited about that but statistically if you look at what the birth rate is of you know 1.7 to 2 uh, births per you know person of childbearing age or woman of childbearing age um, we should have a lot more uh, grandkids and we're not sitting here counting, going, "Okay, everybody, let's go." We're the great kids. But it, it occurred to me the other day: uh, my sister was married briefly, and the marriage didn't work. There was abuse, and she had to get out of that and didn't remarry. So she's a great aunt and loves having her nieces and nephews and great nieces and great nephews, and and does wonderful with that. But you know, that's not her calling. Um, Lisa's sister's a grandma. About Lisa's grandma, I'm grandpa. Uh, I may be the only one in my you know, family to be that designation. And there are certain reasons why that would happen. I'm curious to get your story about this though, especially in light of this new report from Pew Research, based on U.S. Census Bureau data. In just the last four years, the number of people who are already parents and said it's not likely they would have more children, was 51% four years ago, it's 54% today. But the number of people who are of 18 to 49, which is considered childbearing years here in the United States. In 2018, Pew did the survey and found that 37% of respondents said that it would be unlikely for them to ever have children someday. 32% said it was very likely that they would have kids. Four years later, only 26% say it's very likely that they would have children and 44% of non-parents ages 18 to 49 say that it is highly unlikely that they will ever have children. So my question to you is, first of all, are you grandparent? Yes or no? Um, And the second question is, uh, if you are or if you aren't, do you think you'll ever be a grandparent? Phone lines are open, 800-227-5278. Congratulations to Ginger from Hesperia, who picked up that copy of David Zeneca's book, The Great We Sets, a great book that helps us in a very practical way, fight you know, communism in the United States. The Great We Set, how you can join Americans who are taking America back one county at a time and enforcing the constitution at last. Um, that book is up at thebottomlineshow.com and grateful that we had a chance to give that book away. Uh, Now the phone lines are open, 800-227-5278, and i would be curious to find out, first and foremost, let's find out how many grandparents there are. And I'm going to put this out to, if you are grandparent or grandparent age, uh, I'm going to leave it to Teresa's discretion as to whether or not you win a prize, okay? Um, Maybe we should do a prize, like, for the person who has the most grandchildren or the oldest grandchildren. I'll let Teresa figure that out. Um, 800-227-5278. just want to hear from you if you're a grandparent and what you think of this survey. Or if you're a grandparent age and maybe you're hoping and praying, you've got kids who are old enough and they're married and you'd love to see some grandkids, but that maybe they fall into that category. That group that says, we're not going to do that or it's highly unlikely that we will. I mean, when you consider that 44% of young people in that age group of 18 to 49 who are literally you know, at the point where you'd say, They are at the highest opportunity for having children um i'm seeing a lot of kids young adults getting married younger Uh, when we talked to robert ham last week about his wife melanie and their beautiful love story that was cut short by her cancer diagnosis and uh, made with melanie's or craft site and also that beautiful documentary about her life. Remember, Robert Melanie got married. Robert had just graduated from college, he was 22, 23. Melanie was 20 when they got married and they wound up having kids right away. Don't let let anyone fool you into thinking that there is no opportunity uh, for the younger crowd to get married, have kids and have a long and productive life. But when you see the Pew Research, Indicating that 44% of current non parents, ages 18 to 49, I would get it, ages 18 to 21, still getting started. You know, you, you might say now, I'm never going to be a parent. I don't, kids are just going to get in my way. But then you go to, you know, ages up through 25, and it's like, well, maybe, I mean, let's face it, marriage has been delayed a lot in the culture. The average age back 30 years ago, when many of us were first walking down the aisle the average age for first time marriage for guys was around a little over 26 years and for women is around 23. now for both genders it's around 30. if you have someone in your world a young person who's getting married and they are under the age of 30 they are now the exception rather than the rule and you could do the math when you think about it because now There are younger people who are waiting longer to get married for a variety of reasons. And I think many of them are good reasons. In all honesty, the culture does not require younger people to grow up faster. You know, part of the reason I think there was a push to move the voting age from 21 to 18 was it's like, hey, when you're 18, you can literally volunteer or be drafted into the military. Uh, learn how to fire a weapon and get sent overseas and potentially give up your life. The least we can let these folks do is, you know, vote, that type of stuff. You grew up pretty quickly back in the day. If you're part of the greatest generation, that was your story. The baby boom generation seemed to have an aversion to growing up for whatever reason. And so the idea now that, uh, you know, some on the progressive side are saying, you know, these kids when they're 16, you know, they really should have the right to vote. But they shouldn't be able to buy a gun till they're 30, but they can change their sex when they're five. There's not a whole lot of logic there. And if you look at the transgender statistics, you find that very, very few kids actually do take surgical measures to transition before the age of 18 anyway. So I'm not quite sure it's like they get every single one of them and they all get TV shows. But nonetheless, I'm curious grandparents, I want to hear from you. 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 that's the number to get you through to the bottom line show are you a grandparent now um how fun is it to be a grandparent i think it's pretty cool are you not a grandparent and you would like to be a grandparent statistically now we're being told that if you have children who are between the ages of 18 and 49 Almost half of them say it is very unlikely that I'll ever be a parent. And if they're not going to be parents, then, well, that hasn't changed. (laughs) If you're a parent and your children get married and they become parents, you become a grandparent. And if they're saying they're not, I'm not trying to be pedantic here. I'm just stating the obvious. Grandparents who do have grandchildren in their lives are playing a much bigger role in their lives. As a matter of fact, six to seven million of them are providing primary care. For their grandchildren in some cases author rick johnson joined me a couple months ago he and his wife wound up adopting their granddaughter had to son passed away mom was not uh physically or mentally capable of handling it i think she had drug addiction or something like that and so they wound up becoming the legal guardian parents for their grandchild and so their grandparenting years and retirement years look a heck of a lot different than they do for those of us who see the kids once every couple of weeks, spoil them rotten and send them home. That part still is fairly cool. So I'm curious, let's take a little temperature check here of our bottom line show audience. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. Are you a grandparent now? Have you ever been a grandparent? Do you hope to be one? And it looks like the statistics are telling you you're gonna have to make peace with the fact that you might not be. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Let Wilson Financial Services help you identify proprietary financial strategies for your wealth that work for your life.
2: Let's revisit our one-year CD. I had a client who had $500,000 of retained earnings in his corporation for the last three years. I said, if you'd have put that into this account three years ago, you'd have seventy-five dollars to $100,000 of interest versus what you have now which is a nice round number. I had a client sell his house, he had 450,000 in the bank. I told him is he really not likely to buy a house in the next 12 months. You want to leave this in the bank earning nothing or would you like to earn some interest on it over the next 12 months? So he said how much? I said well how about between 20 and 30,000? He says 0 versus 20 or 30,000. Yeah, he says I like the 20 or 30,000 sounds
0: better. Aren't you tired of earning nothing with all the money you have in the bank? Call 800 696 9970. 800 696 9970. Or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Wow. Yeah. See, what grandparents do, my grandparents would never sing like that. Ever. I don't think I ever heard my grandfather sing. My mom's dad passed away before I was born, and my Dad's dad wasn't terribly musical, though my dad sure is. And welcome back to the Bottom Line Show, 800 227 5278. We're talking grandparents and a new report from Pew Research that shows that over the past four years, the number of non parents between the ages of 18 and 49 that would be our adult children said that they are unlikely to have children someday. 44% said it's not going to happen. Four years ago, it was 37%. At the same group was asked the same question in the other direction. Is it very likely you'll have children someday? In 2018, it was 32%. Today, it's 26%. What say you? Are you a grandparent who says, gosh, I hope my kids, my adult kids are not in that category that says we're never going to be grandparents? Or maybe you already know that and that's something you've had to get used to. What do you think about that? 800-227-5278. Jerry in Paris, California. Jerry, welcome to the bottom line. Hello, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Jerry. How are you?
4: I'm doing pretty
0: good. Good. Are you a grandpa? Yes. Nine grandkids. Nine. Wow. Nine. You got a baseball team. That's awesome. How many <laughs> exactly. how many kids do you have? Do you have two that are really busy or do you have like five or six and they're all cranking out one? I
4: got three kids, one son, two daughters.
0: Okay. Okay. And nine grandchildren and then- between those three. Good for them. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know why I've been so,
4: married thirty seven years.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. The yeah. actions
4: have had our anniversary Friday. I guess
0: twenty. Really? This okay, 37 this fast friday. Well, congratulations. Stay on the line, Teresa's gonna send you an anniversary gift. She doesn't know that yet. I just oh, told wow, her. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey Jerry, what do you think of this report though? I mean, you how old are your kids? I mean they this report is saying that forty four percent of people. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty
4: well what you said, but my son, is, he'll be 37 in uh, September next month, okay. actually. And my daughter just, October she'll be 36. And my youngest one just turned 30, 34.
0: Okay. All right. So you and your wife got married and started having kids right away, and then your kids mm-hmm. have gotten married, and they started having kids right away, it sounds like. Exactly.
4: So I'm 57 yeah. now. Actually, I'm mm-hmm. 56. I'll be 57. Mm -hmm. My wife just turned 55. We're still
0: doing strong. I think that's great. So you guys got married young, made a stand young, started your family young. Um, What do you say to the people right now in that 18 to 49 group that are saying, I'm never going to have kids? What encouragement would you have for Uh, them?
4: I guess they just pray because um, they grow fast and believe it. I'm enjoying every bit of them.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And it's great that you guys had the chance to get started young because it's nice to see, you know, families where, um, you know, that the grandma and grandpa can be involved and you're going to be great grandparents oh, yeah. at some point, And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. So, all right. And been at my job for 39 years, going on 40. Boy, you are, you're just a workhorse. And this is great, Jerry. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for weighing in. Stay on the line, Teresa. Let's make sure Jerry and his wife get a nice anniversary gift for turning it's 37 oh, I years I appreciate together, it Friday. so much. Hey, you got it, thanks. brother. Thanks so much for your call. Appreciate it. 800-227-5278. Let's go back to the phones now. Cliff in Seal Beach. Cliff, welcome to the bottom line.
4: Thank you, Roger. <laughs> nice talking to you. I listen to you all the
0: time. Well, I appreciate the call. Really thanks so en- much. I'm sorry? Go ahead.
4: Really enjoy Really enjoy your conversations. <laughs> Praise God
0: well, for thank, you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Are you in the Grandpa Club, Cliff? Uh, seven times. Seven times? All right. How old are your grandkids? Seven Seven great-grandkids. Gran, oh, okay. <laughs> seven grandchildren <laughs> and seven great-grandchildren. So the grandchildren have been busy, too. That's incredible. Yes,
4: very much so.
0: Uh-huh. Love it. Just
4: had one 2 months ago, another another grandson. They're all boys.
0: Really? Great grandson yeah. on the great. Uh-huh. Oh, that's <laughs> wild. That's wild. Is your wife hoping for a great granddaughter at some point?
4: Well, that would be she probably would be if she was still with me.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. We were
4: married 57 years, so I'm not oh, complaining. She's been gone for that's, 5.
0: That's sweet. That is so sweet.
4: But she's with the Lord, so I'm not concerned.
0: (laughs) Amen. Amen. We'll be reunited one day, and that's a great attitude to have, Cliff. Hey, thank you so much for your call. I I appreciate you weighing in and letting us know how bottom line listeners are doing in the grandparenting derby. Thanks so much for bringing in. 800-227-5278. New report from Pew Research says that 44% of young adults ages 18 to 49 who are not currently parents today are saying they will not be parents ever. And I just wanna know how many of us would be impacted by something like that. I mean, Lisa and I have six kids and we know who the ones who wanna be parents are and who the ones that don't wanna be parents are. And we're perfectly fine with those decisions, but I'd love to find out, kind of take our temperature. Let's go back to the phone. Let's get a grandma perspective now. Kathy in Placentia. Kathy, welcome to the bottom line. Thank you. Thanks for your call, Kathy. Where, where, Where do you weigh in on this new report? What do you think about these young... People who are saying, "I know I could be parents, but I'm just not going to do it."
2: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the me generation.
0: Mm. That mm-hmm. people
2: know that children are a lot of work and a pain yes. in the neck sometimes, and they just don't <laughs> want be bothered.
0: Right? How many were you? Uh, have you been a mom? And how many kids? How many grandkids in your uh, quiver there?
2: Okay, I've had five children. Mm-hmm. Wow! They are all adults, grown, and have children of their own. I have thirteen grandchildren, Woo! and fifteen great-grandchildren.
0: Dang, Kathy! Good for you. Hey, you, get, <laughs> you need an award too. Stay on the line. Teresa's going to send you something. Okay, five children. Thank you. Thir- thirteen grandchildren and fifteen great-grandchildren. Is that what I heard you say?
4: That's right.
0: Wow! That must be so much fun. It was. It's, it was? Yeah, it, it was. And it's kind of nice to see the five get old and grown and move on their own way, isn't it?
2: Yeah. yeah. And they, they all love the Lord, too.
0: Oh, that's even better. That's even better. Yeah. Uh, so John, that's such a blessing. Or Absolutely. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for calling. Stay on the line. We're going to keep Teresa busy here after the program ends because we've got a lot of awards to give away uh, for these grandparents who are calling in and uh, with quivers and hearts full. Kathy, thank you so much for calling us today here on the bottom line. I really appreciate hearing from you today. Okay, 800-227-5278. I'm not surprised by the statistic. This survey from Pew Research, Pew does really credible research. They've got a good sample size. It's from all over the country. The fact that there are so many people in that 18 to 49 category, and I could go through and pick. I mean, first and foremost, you'll find 18 to 25 highly unlikely in this generation. I mean, Jerry called in and said he and his wife got married when they were teenagers. They had three kids right off the bat um, and then said, okay, you know, here's the deal. We had three kids and then they had... You know, children, they got nine grandchildren right out the chute. You're not going to find too many young parents these days compared to when Jerry was coming up. And and I think that's great. And then Cliff, you know, with the uh, the quiver full of all the great grandsons that he and his wife uh, were privileged to welcome, of course, the new one who just came in while his wife was with the Lord. And then Kathy, my goodness, five kids, 13 grandchildren, 15 great grandchildren. Um, All noteworthy. Give Cliff a prize too. Um, 800-227-5278. Taking our temperature today, kind of doing our own informal bottom line show poll about this study that said 44% of people who are of childbearing age and are not currently parents say that it is unlikely that they will ever have children. That's up from 37% in a similar sample size just four years ago. Um, I'd love to hear from someone who's of grandparenting age, who has adult children and the children have said, mom, dad, you know what? Parenting is just not in the cards for us. We just really don't feel, if they're Christian, they're saying we really don't feel God is leading us to have kids. If they aren't Christian, saying, hey, we, we'd rather focus on ourselves. You know, Kathy mentioned the me generation and and why so many people are saying, I don't want to do that parenting thing because children are an inconvenience for me and my lifestyle. What say you? we got one more segment on the other side of this break. We'll take a couple more calls. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to The Bottom Line. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and our thoughts and prayers going out to Amy Grant, her little wise-up happening here, which that album's almost 40 years old, but uh, if you didn't hear, Amy had open-heart surgery a year or so ago. She was out on a bike ride a month or so ago and wound up catching a hole or something like that, fell off the bike, and it actually knocked her unconscious for 10 to 15 minutes or so. She was hospitalized. She's on the mend. She's in good spirits, but her fall concert tour was uh, has been postponed, and I think she's going to do Christmas shows with Michael W. Smith and her husband Vince Gill, but we're keeping Amy in our prayers. 800-227-5278. Amy Grant's a grandma. I'm a grandpa. I mean, <laughs> our station manager, grandparent. I and mean, we've got lots of grandparents in the Crawford uh, family, and a lot of people listen to the bottom line show are grandparents. If you are not a grandparent, I'm also curious to take your get your take on this as well. New study from Pew research group. uh, Looking at the number of people who are of childbearing age, uh, they classified that as 18 to 49. Uh, 44% of current non-parents in that category were asked the question, is it likely you will ever have children? Is it very likely? Is it sort of likely? Is it unlikely? The number of people who said it was very likely they'd have children someday is 26%. That's down from 32% four years ago. But the number of people in that same demographic who said it is very unlikely, highly unlikely that they would ever have children, uh, that went from 37% in 2018 to 44% today. And I'm curious as to what you make of that. 800-227-5278, just a couple minutes left. So if you want to get a comment in, uh, give Todd or Teresa a call and we'll uh, get you on the air. You know, when I look at the role that grandparents play, it is interesting how it appears to me that the grandparenting season and the workload has been shifted somewhat. I mentioned at the start of this uh, segment, uh, Lisa and I have three grandkids with another on the way. He's due uh, at the end of October, 1st of November. And we're very grateful to have these children coming our way. We know that we have kids who are in that 18 to 49 demographic who could become parents again and um, or become parents for the first time and we will have to see what God has in store. You know, I honestly don't believe that any person is an accident. I know. So there are sometimes that people will look at a family home life and say, wow, why would God allow a child to be born into that circumstance? And the I always revert back to the same answer every single time. And that's, it's not the child's fault. When you look throughout biblical history and you see the number of kids who showed up into some of the weirdest situations in family home lives you have to ask the question why then and the response i think is sometimes when we want deliverance god sends us diaper duty i mean think of moses who would eventually deliver the people to the promised land or get them close enough to the promised land deliver them from the hand of pharaoh this is a baby who by pharaoh's decree should have been killed and god spared or how about samuel the story of Hannah, praying and praying that God would answer her cries to no longer be barren, and she would gladly surrender that child to the Lord's service full-time, which she did. And Samuel provided a very active role. And then, of course, the most famous diaper duty of all, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who could have come in the order of Melchizedek and just showed up as a 33-year-old man and said, I'm here to establish order here, but instead was born of a virgin was laid in swaddling cloths in a manger because there was no room in the inn, and the first word you heard from Jesus was a coup. It was a cry. It was the same type of noise you would expect to hear from a human baby because Jesus was fully God and fully man. It's amazing to us sometimes how we'll look at these blessings and ask the question, we know there are 63 million children that we'll never see in this country because of the enemy's design to trick people into thinking that those pregnancies were somehow a burden instead of the blessing they actually were. But what about the modern mentality that's even prevalent in the church today? It says it's too expensive to be a parent. It's too difficult to be a parent. May I urge you to reconsider? I know too many parents who said, we're trying to plan everything in our lives and we just don't have time for a child. And then God says, sure you do. The reality is God uses this not only as the way to procreate and repopulate, but also it helps us to reevaluate the things that are really important to us. And we see Jesus a lot more clearly through the eyes of a newborn baby sometimes than we ever will through a brand new car or a fancy house or a shiny new job. That's the bottom line.